Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church. Okay, Colossians chapter 1, reading from verse 3 up to verse 8. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and, the, and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on, on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We honor your word. We pray that you'll minister to us and that through your word you'll change and shape us, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me give you a little in introduction and then I'll, I'll take you to the five points I have. If you're looking for a perfect church, you're never going to find it. You'll be disappointed. Yeah? The early church had its fair shares of challenges and struggles. For example, in the church in Corinth, there was division. Some were saying, I follow Paul. Some said, I follow Apollos. Some said, I follow Cephas and Christ. And Paul had to address them. Yeah? Uh, he also uh, addressed the immaturity in Christ. Paul said, I gave you milk not uh, solid food, because you are still not ready. So there were challenges, even in the early church. Uh, in Acts chapter 6, we find there was the neglect of the widows, and there was grumbling, uh, because the, the widows were being neglected. And so the apostles had to come up with a solution, with a plan, how to take care of the widows. Again, in, in Colossians as well, there were challenges in the early church. Heresy was coming to the church, and Paul had to warn them. For example, in chapter 2, verse 6, he said, Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, based on human tradition, based on the essential elements of the world, and not of Christ. So in the midst of challenges, in the midst of struggles, Paul was also thankful to God. He looked at the specific in a church, he looked at the positives in the church, and he thanked God for it. Paul knew that God was behind the church's success. Paul knew that. And as City Hill, we, as, we, as we grow, as we reach the nations, and as we do God's will, we also got to know that God is behind our success. God is behind our success. I love how Paul, when he's writing the book of Romans, Romans chapter 1, verse 7, he says, To all in Rome who are loved by God, called to be his holy people. We got to know that. When Fuzi spoke, uh, when he kicked off the first the series on prayer, he said he spoke about a relationship with God. Our Father, it starts with a relationship. And Paul is saying, he's saying, you are loved by God, church. 
you are loved, you are called, you are set apart to be his holy people. And then in, in Thessalonians, Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1, I, I love the way, he, the way Paul, Paul writes it. He says, to the church of Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So beautiful. It's like saying, City Hill, the church in Dubai, in God the Father and in Christ Jesus. What does it mean? It means God is the one who founded the church. God is the one who sustains the church. And God is the one who takes the church forward. You are in God. Isn't it wonderful to know that you are loved by God. God is behind your success. God is taking you forward in the purpose and the plans of God. You know, as I was over the weeks, I don't know how many times Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 came to me. So many times in different contexts where it says, you know the background where the people were taken to captivity and then the 70 years is ending. And God comes and speaks to them. He says, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. That's a nice word actually, prosper. We think of prosperity. But that word prosper means that you reach your destiny in God. It's so beautiful. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And the context is God is going to take them back where they go back and build the, the city and yeah. That was and I was I was so challenged. Said God, thank you. You have plans for us. You have plans for the church as as well. And so we want to look at five points as Paul prayed for the church. We want to look at five points how Paul prayed for the church. So my first point is thankfulness for their faith. Thankfulness for their faith in Colossians. Uh, Chapter 1, he said, he said, we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Yeah, Nothing wrong in praying for, for individuals, for the prayer needs. Nothing wrong. There is a time to pray for it, for it. But here Paul is praying for the church and he's praying for their, for their faith. Faith is not simply just believing once, saying the sinner's prayer, going away, living as you please. Coming, coming back after 20 years and say, I said the sinner's prayer in my teens. That's not faith. Faith is much more than that. Faith involves repentance. It involves trust in God. So when you're going through difficult situations, you're saying, I'm trusting in the promise of God and I will do what's right. Even though I've been challenged you know, to do, to take the easy way out, I will trust in God. Faith means a change of mind as well. Faith means a change of behavior. Once you were living in a certain kind of way, a certain lifestyle, but now you've become, you've repented, you've changed. Now it means a change of behavior as well. It means I don't do the things that I used to do in the past. Faith also involves a commitment to God, a commitment to one another. Yeah. Faith involves, there are many dimensions to faith. A commitment to God and a commitment to one another. Faith involves obedience to His Word. It's, it's easy to read the Word and then go off thinking that, yeah, we are maturing. But we need to grow in obedience to the Word of God. Obedience to the Word, obedience how about to church leaders when they come and address situations. Are you willing to be obedient and say, yes, I'll take the Word. I believe what you're saying is God's Word. I will tr trust and I will do what you're saying. Faith also means loyalty. Loyalty to God, 
loyalty to one another. And in Romans chapter 1, verse 8, Paul, Paul says, Your faith is reported all over the world. They didn't have internet, they didn't have WhatsApp. So the only way you're going to hear it was through stories. Through stories. And Paul is saying, Your faith in God is reported all over the world. You know, sometimes when you're praying for loved ones, you're praying for the salvation, it can take years, tears, heartache. You know, many years you're praying and praying and just waiting for somebody to come to, to salvation. Paul knew how long it took him uh, as well. and He knew his lifestyle and how he came to Christ. It was an encounter with God. And therefore, when, when he heard of the faith uh, in the churches, he, he was thanking God. He was thanking God for their faith. Why? That changed lifestyle. He knew there was a radical change. And therefore, he was thanking God. In a few weeks, we went uh, to visit a lady in City Hill. And as we heard her story, and as she started sharing her story, we said, this is the hand of God. It has to be God. The way God sustained, the way God provided, the way God opened doors and closed doors. Wow, we said, this is amazing. We just love to hear that story. If you're wondering who it is, well, I'm not going to name, you, name her, but she's a very talented lady. She plays the piano. She sings well as well. Try and figure out who that is. Okay? Uh, you'll soon probably know. Paul was, Paul was thankful for the changed lives. We should be thankful as a church when we see people come to Christ and we see people living in the truth and walking in obedience to the truth. We need to thank God. So that was his point. He thanked God. The second, my second point is thankfulness for a loving church. And I, I love this. Paul thanked God for a loving church. He said, I thank God, my Father, for your faith and your love for all the saints, or your love in Christ Jesus. Love is the glue that will keep us together. Love is the glue that will keep us together. Love, love uh, for Jesus and love for the church go hand in hand. Love for Jesus, love for the church, or one another goes hand in hand. There are some who say, well, I love Jesus, but Christians, the church, I can't stand them. Have you heard that said? Well, I've not heard anyone sitting in, okay? Outside, I've heard sometimes. I love the church. I mean, love Jesus, but the church, I can't stand them. Well, you've got to love people. You've got to love the church. Why? Because Jesus loves the church and Jesus died for the church. In John chapter 13, you know, Jesus knew his time was come. He was going to the Father, and the, the meal was there. It says he took out his outer garment, put the towel, and he washed the disciples' feet. He washed their feet. They didn't understand what it meant. Your feet said, Lord, no. You, Jesus said, if, if I don't wash you, you have no part of me. Then he said, you know, he wanted a bath as well. Jesus was teaching them, teaching the disciples something. He was teaching service. He was teaching commitment, serving one another, one another, and meeting the needs of one another. Because we don't do washing of feet, though some churches do that from time to time. 
we don't do that anymore. But, but there's a principle involved. It means serving one another and being committed to one another, meeting one another's need. In City Hill, we have different cultures. We come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Different backgrounds, different eating habits, different, we speak different languages. But it was so good when, when we had the city lunch, when I saw the photographs, I said, uh, it, it brought such joy to my heart, I'm sure to you as well. Why, why is it? We have, because I said, we have different cultures. We have the rich, we have the poor in our midst. Yeah, we have the doctors, the engineers, and the educators, and then we have people on the lower rung as well. But yet, in those, when we did city lunch, we saw a mix of people in different homes. That is church, and that is loving one another. You won't see this anywhere. There's normally the, there's a phrase that says, birds of the, of the same feather flock together. You go out in the world and you'll see a certain type of people just mixing with one another. But in the church, you'll find all sections of people you know, mingling together and loving one another and caring for one another. That's what happened. That's what happened in the city lunches. Different people coming together, people hosting, people coming together and just having so much of fun, fellowship together. That is loving one another. And Paul was so thankful that the early church, that the churches were loving one another, caring for one another, providing for one another. And in Acts, he says, there was no needy person among them. Because they were loving and caring for one another. My third, which leads me to my third point, says thankfulness for a hopeful church. Thankfulness for a hopeful church. Hope, as defined in the Bible, is absolute confidence that what God said, God will do. Yeah? It's absolute confidence in what God said, God will do. The Gentiles, they had no hope. They were without God and without hope. But for a Christian, a Christian, his life or her life is filled with hope. No more sin in heaven. Hope of the second coming. Hope that we will have glorified bodies. Hope of our rewards in heaven. There's so much to hope for. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, Paul said, uh, you know, he said, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Every spiritual blessing, he says. And then he goes on to name at least 12 blessings in Ephesians chapter 1. He says, uh, I'll just read a few. He says, well, the first one, he says, God has chosen you before the foundation of the world. In other words, before God could even create the universe, God has set his affection upon you. God has chosen you. He has chosen you. You know, as we grew up in school, we'd love to be chosen for sports. If you love sports, like me, you love to be chosen by, for sports. If you love uh, eloquation or any of the other things, you know, you'd love to be chosen. But you know the feeling when you're left out. Yeah? When you're left out of the team, what it feels. You feel the sense of rejection and you wait then for next year to be included in the team. And you just wait. And when the next year comes, then somebody else better comes 
comes along and then you are left out again. How many of you know that feeling? I, I know that. Quite a few times in school I was left out of the team until I came to almost the high school and then I was included in the, in the, in the team. We'd love to be chosen, right? We'd love to be chosen for our country, to represent our country in the Olympics or some sport. We love to. But when we left out, it, it brings so much of pain and heartache. In, in God, nobody's left out. And that's why Paul says, you have been chosen by God before the foundation of the world. Chosen. Know that you are loved and chosen. He also says, you are adopted into the family of God. You're adopted. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. You are marked with the Holy Spirit. So many promises, so much to look forward to. And Paul thanked, uh, thanked them for, for a hopeful church. What we be, here's the key. What we believe in the future affects how we live today. What we believe in the future affects how we live today. Paul was also, my fourth point, Paul was also thankful for the fruit of the gospel. The fruit of the gospel. In Galatians 5 verse 22. If you have your Bible, would you turn, turn with me to Galatians. Galatians 5. 22 and 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Yeah? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Thankfulness for the fruit of the gospel. So the gospel, and uh, it bears fruit internally as well as externally. So how does it bear fruit internally? That's within the church, within our lives. Are we growing? Here's a question for you. Are you growing in, in, uh, in, in love? Love for God, love for one another. Are you growing in joy? Is there joy in your heart? Sometimes some people haven't had joy for a long time. They haven't smiled in a long time. It's true. But God is the one who brings joy. Is there joy in your heart? Is there peace? Do you have peace all the time? Or most, most of the time? Peace in situations? Or there's a restlessness? You don't have peace. You'll know whether you're growing. Forbearance. How about kindness? Are you kind to others? You know then, as you're being kind to others, you're reaching out to them, you know that you are growing. The gospel is affecting you and you are growing internally. How about goodness and faithfulness? Faithfulness, gentleness. So Paul is saying the gospel is bearing fruit internally as well as externally. How does it bear fruit ex externally? He also said in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, he says, I always thank my God because you know, of His grace given you in Christ Jesus. So what is this grace? Grace 
is the ability to change. Grace is the ability to change. God changes us from the inside out. And how does the gospel bear fruit externally? As we preach the gospel, as we share the good news, lives are being changed. Yeah? Lives are being changed. And I love the story in the book of Acts. You know, I heard somebody say, God will move heaven and God will move earth to touch even one soul who's looking for Christ. I just love the book, in, uh, the story in the book of Acts. God will move heaven. God sent the angel yeah, down to Philip who was in actually the revival meeting. Revival was taking place. People were being healed, delivered. Salvations were taking place. And the angel came to Philip and said, Philip, go down to that lonely road in Gaza. Thank God he heard, heard and thank God he obeyed. He went not knowing where he's, go he's going. The lonely road to Gaza. And he's walking there. And lo and behold, the Ethiopian official is coming. He's coming in the chariot along with his troop and he's reading the book of Isaiah. But also keep in mind, he, he traveled thousands of miles to Jerusalem. He went to worship there. Perhaps he didn't meet God over there. He didn't encounter God uh, over there. We don't know how far, when he went to the temple, how far he had to be because of a different uh, uh, ethnic background. And then he's going back, but he's still reading the scripture. He's reading Isaiah. And the angel tells Philip, go and join yourself to the chariot. And he went close to the chariot and he heard the Ethiopian reading the, the, the word. And he asked him, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I understand unless somebody tells me? And he invited Philip to join him. Philip started with the same passage and explained who Christ Jesus was. And then you know the story. He believed. He gave his life to Christ, got baptized. History tells us he went back to Ethiopia and started the first church. God will move heaven and God will move earth to touch even one soul who is looking for Christ. Ask God for divine opportunities. Ask God for divine opportunities so that God will give you opportunities to reach out and, and touch people's lives. I remember when I went to, to a uh, Doha, I was in the hotel. I, I would always carry my Bible, carry a songbook, and I had it in the hotel. I had ordered breakfast. I had it, uh, the songbook and the Bible over there. And then my breakfast came, and uh, the one who brought my breakfast, he, he saw the songbook and he, uh, he saw the Bible over there. And he asked, Are you a Christian? I said, Yes, I am. And I, I spoke to him. He's not yet a, he's a Christian, but not born again. And I shared the gospel with him, and I said, would you like to trust Christ as your Savior? He said, yes. In the hotel there, we prayed. He accepted Christ. A divine appointment. I was not prepared for it. But it's just seizing the moment. Seizing the moment. Yet God will, as we ask God, God, will you give us, will you give me divine opportunities? God will bring people across your path. Yeah? Sometimes it's just sowing the seed. Sometimes it's giving the gospel and inviting a response as, as well. Yeah? God will give divine appointments. And that's how you know the, the, the gospel is bearing fruit externally. People, lives are being changed and being saved as, as well. Which, which leads me to my last, last point. Can I invite the band up as well? I'm going to end after, after this. Paul was thankful for a learning church. Paul was thankful for a learning church. 
He said, you learned the, the word from Epaphras, a dear fellow servant. You know the word Epaphras. We wonder who's Epaphras. We only hear this word mentioned two or three times in the Bible. After that, we never hear about him. But here, listen, Paul's description. Wouldn't you like to be when, when you're addressed and say, a dear fellow servant. Paul says, you learned the word from Epaphras, a dear fellow servant and a faithful minister of God. What a beautiful description. A dear fellow servant and a faithful minister in, in God. And then he, there's another description in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 12. He says, Epaphras, he is always wrestling in prayer for you. Wow, what an amazing word. He's always wrestling in prayer for you. Why? That you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. The church were disciples, they were teachable they were a learning church. They were a learning church. In, in, in City Hill, I think we, we are a learning church. We have so many ministries. We have the children's ministry where the children are being taught the word of God. We have the youth ministry where again our youth are being taught the word of God. We have the young professionals. We did pray for the young professionals today at the prayer furnace. Yes, we did pray. We we're praying for growth. We pray for divine appoint, uh, appointments as well. But a season of growth is coming, coming to the young professionals as well. Yeah? And we did pray. There are the city groups where we learn from one another. We share the word, we learn with one another. And there is the added course. There is the financial freedom. Interesting. I heard some interesting comments. Some wives are happy. Husbands are disappointed. Some husbands are happy. Wives are disappointed. You know why? Because the credit cards are being cut up. Okay? I'm not going to name who it is, but financial freedom. Yeah, we're learning how to handle money well. Thank God. We are a learning church. When we learn, we are a learning church. Paul was thankful. When we have, and there are other, other, uh, other you know, teaching that, that's happening in Sidi. The purple as well is happening. And so there are many things that are happening in the church. And Paul was thankful that the church we're a learning church. We've got to be thankful that City Hill is a learning church as well. Yeah? I'm good. This is not planned, but can we, can we stand? And as a church, as City Hill, can we pray and thank God? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll read out the point. There are only five points, but God can hear all of us at the same time. It does not matter if you pray in English. You can pray in your own language as well. You can pray in Tagalog. You can pray in Afrikaans. You can pray in Swahili. You can pray in any language. Pray in your own language. But we are going quick, very quickly. I'm going to just read out the first point. Second point, say, okay. And then we pray in verse of, of, of prayer, okay? Let's, let's pray for... Let's thank God for the faith, okay? You know what the faith is? faith for the changed life. Let's pray. Let's lift up our voice. Thank God for the faith. God, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for the faith. Thank you for changed lives, Lord. Thank you for changed lives in City Hill. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We just bless you. Thank you for the commitment. Commitment to you. Commitment to one another. Thank you, Lord God, for changed behavior, Lord. Thank you for 
for obedience, Lord Jesus. We bless you. We thank you. Let, let's thank God for a loving church. Yeah, thank God for a loving church. I think City Hill, we are a loving church. The way we reach out to one another. God, we just thank you for a loving church. Thank you for the love that cuts across all uh, across different nationalities of God. Thank you, Lord, that City Hill will reach out to one, an one another in love and serve and meet the needs of people, Lord Jesus. Yeah, let's thank God that's for a hopeful church as well, yeah? We hope for the future. We know that there are promises in store and there are, we, we are hoping for the future. Let's thank God for that. God, we thank you. Thank you for the hope, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the hope that's reserved for us in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. We believe in the second coming. We believe, Lord, in glorified bodies. We believe in rewards in heaven. We thank you for all the spiritual blessings we have in Christ Jesus. Let's thank God. The fourth point, thank God for the gospel is bearing fruit. The gospel is bearing fruit in our lives and bearing fruit externally as well. God, we thank you for the gospel. Thank you. The gospel is good news. We thank you for changed lives. We thank you for the fruit of the Spirit of God. The kindness, goodness, faithfulness being manifested in love, joy, peace. And we thank you. Lives are being changed outside. The gospel is going forth. Lives are being touched and changed. Lord, we thank you that we are a learning church. We thank you for all the ministries within the city hill. Thank you that people are learning the word, the truth. And we thank you that lives are being changed. We bless you. Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church.